You're listening to the Dental Life Path, your weekly dose on how to pave your way through dentistry. Meet your host, Dr. Ram Shakiran, here to give you an insight on how to diversify, grow, and stay motivated. And now. So two weeks back, I was struggling with pulling a tooth out in my oral surgery rotation. And my friend Yusra taught me how to luxate a tooth in terms of words. And she said, just jab the elevator in and scoop the tooth out. So it really helped, you know, in case you're struggling with one part of your clinical rotations, just reach out a friend. They really help you out. Anyways, so... In our oral surgery department, we've got a super lady. She is an assistant professor in the oral surgery department at Altamish Institute of Dental Medicine, Karachi. And I kid you not, she single-handedly manages the entire surgery OPD from leading a workforce of demonstrators and house officers to pulling out the toughest surgical cases. And I love this energy. So... That super lady, boss lady, is Dr. Batul Wazir, and in our conversation today with her, we will be talking about her journey in this field of surgery and how she's broken the glass ceiling and she's built an aura in a male-dominant field. And she's shown us that women can do as good as men in this field. So let's get to it. Okay, so Dr. Batul, how did you find passion for this field? So basically, I've always loved blood. Always loved blood. I've always loved the sound of the burr that makes on the bone and the idea of the knife hitting the bone and everything about it. I really, I'm not trying to sound morbid, but I've always loved blood. But also, I've always liked Grey's Anatomy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, watching Derek perform or Meredith perform, it's been so amazing it's such a you know dreamy world that they built around us and i think that's the idea of all these sitcoms i've always liked that so and in our degree or in dental this was the closer that i could get to it third i think it's because also because of the exclusion criteria prosto i don't think i would have survived operative i would have cried ortho i never understood so i was only left with surgery so i'm glad it worked for me that way then Okay, so a lot of my colleagues will be completing their final month of clinical rotations as house officers, and then there's going to be a completely different journey for them ahead. Um, And that is how it works. You're done with your, you graduate out of your parent college, and next up, you're on your own trying to figure things out on your own. And three months from now, I see myself at that stage as well. It is pretty overwhelming. So Tell us a little bit about your journey after house job. What was next for you? Initially, I was supposed to move to my parents. My parents were in UAE back then. So the idea was to go back, do a licensing exam and start practicing. Post-graduation was not on my cards at that moment. But they have a protocol, they have a policy that you have to do two years of clinical practice before you can appear for the exam. So I thought, meanwhile, I need to do something about it, right? So I started working at Darul Sehat. And things went one from the other. I got into the MCPS and then I did my training from there. Cool. Okay, so for those wondering, could you tell what's the difference between FCPS and MCPS? Okay. Uh, MCPS is for two years. FCPS is on for four years, on paper at least. I mean, you know, it takes longer most times. Also, FCPS is a part one. 
and MCPF does not. It just have a local entrance exam, uh, which varies uh, according to the institute. But the exit exam, the pattern is same. Of course, FCPF is more detailed and more intricated that way. But uh, the exit exam, the pattern is same that you have a written exam followed by an OSCE. MCPF is a membership exam and FCPF is a fellowship. So that's main difference. Okay, so... I want to know your struggles in this field, particularly in oral surgery. I have a way of looking at things and I'm sure everybody does, but it's like if all my struggles got me where I'm supposed to be at this point, I don't think there were struggles. It was just something that I had to go through, you know, my obstacles and whatever not. For example, I was supposed to start my MCPS right after I got done with my house job, but I didn't. There was a six-month delay because of whatever administration issues. At that time, it seemed like, you know, end of the world because everybody was doing something and I wasn't and I was supposed to do something and I graduated top five in my class. I thought I'll do, you know, right away things will just be on a platter, but it doesn't work like that. Let's be very real and it shouldn't work like that. So I would say that was something that I didn't like at that point, but in a long and it makes sense to wait for those six months. It made me want to do my course or my diploma a lot more. You don't miss the water until it's gone while the situation is. And while working, for example, there are a lot of cases that I don't understand at this point also. Of course, it's a learning journey. But because I like surgery, it doesn't seem like a struggle. It's something that I need to learn. It's a constant growing. It's constantly learning. You know what I mean? So I would not call that as a struggle, but just constantly growing in that field. Perfect. This sounds like the perfect mindset one should have. You should own your struggles. And that leads me to another question. Did you explore other options other than oral surgery? Never. Uh, I've never explored any other option, never. Even, like, for example, I had pretty decent grades in my O-levels and A-levels. And when I applied for my BDF, the people who took my interview back then, they asked me if I wanted to go for MBBS. I'm like, no, 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 I didn't. So I was very firm on my decision. I was very sure what I wanted. And once I was done with my graduation, I, I knew I wanted in surgery. So even when after my house job, I applied at Darul Sahed, the initial call that I got was for operative. And I said, no, I'm going to be jobless, but I can do that. I cannot do something that doesn't make me happy, doesn't bring me joy. <laughs> it, nothing ever did other than surgery. So, yeah. Cool. So another lesson for us to learn as freshers is to find your calling, find what drives you and keeps you hooked at work, and then you stick to it. So thank you for that, Dr. Batur. Yeah, I mean, money will come because the end goal is money. Let's be very, very honest. I'm not being materialistic. I'm not going to lie to you that no, no, do it for the humanity. Do it for the humanity. Of course, do it for the humanity. Do it for the goodness in your heart and whatever not. But money needs to come. You need to bring money on the table. But money will come if you're happy. I know a lot of people who have done their master's and are not happy. And I know so many people who are just very happy running a clinical practice, but they're happy when you meet them. So, you know, they have joy or content in their life. And that's so, so very important. And And I can say this because I'm in my 30s, early 30s, and I have that realization, Abhi, that it's more important to go home and be happy rather than, you know, with a buckload of money. <laughs> okay, so one thing I want to get your views on is, I'm sure you would have felt it that way or seen it happen around or even experienced it, is how patients at times walk in and prefer male dentists over females to pull the teeth out. Um, so how can one deal with such a situation? It can feel a little awful at times. 
Yeah, surgery by default is like, but then it's also other way around. Operative by default is for women, you know what I mean? But surgery, we male dominate because we keep saying, oh, we can't do the nights. And it's okay, you can't. I mean, I understand women have more more responsibility. I read this somewhere and it made so much sense. Like women are supposed to take care of kids, like they don't have a job to do. And they're supposed to do a job, like they don't have a house to look out for. So this is what the world expects. But this is what also we expect from ourselves. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. So yeah, and I understand there's a lot of restrictions. Anyway, so yeah, it is a male-dominant society and a lot of male, again, not being sexist, they might be a lot better than female. That's okay too. That's fine. You know, everybody builds on their strength. But your patient perspective, so when patient comes and tell you that, no, we want a male, I'll be very, very honest, it's never happened to me. Clearly because the ideas of physical strength and people have seen me know that, you know, I'm big and tall. <laughs> so physical strength, I, I might be a lot stronger than a lot of guys that we know, or a lot of male doctors that we know. So I haven't, but I have seen, I have experienced in the sense of my colleagues have, and I've seen that firsthand. So I always tell them, and because, and I always tell the patient also, let her do her job. Don't do that to her. Don't break her confidence, right? Let her do the job. And if she can't, then we have a backup. Let her do it. And not once, and I'm, sure I'm not even kidding, not once have I been disappointed in my female colleagues. Not once did they have to call me for help or did male subordinates for help. That's amazing, is it not? It's like breaking the glass ceiling firsthand. I've been blessed with such nice female colleagues. Just amazing. Sounds amazing as well. So last parting words for us, Dr. Batul. Okay, I'm going to quote Sir Shahrukh Khan here because, of course, there's this part where he says, where he talks about, like, every time we're given a choice between two roads or two routes, we always tend to choose the difficult one. Why? Because we feel deep down that we need to struggle. We need to have a challenge to get somewhere. Why? The easy route is good enough. Just get to the point. For example, we have kidney post-graduation karna to clinical me karna. Why? A non-clinical is as good as, you know, whatever. If that's your calling, if that's what you want, if you want to do something in oral anatomy, if you want to do something in oral path, why not? Why do you have to be in that rat race? Can he have to do it in clinical? So, you know, choose the choose what makes you happy. And it doesn't have to be a degree. It doesn't have to be a course. It could be a simple running a clinic and running a clinic requires the whole village but you know what I mean I mean you don't have to be in that thing I'll be happy you have to find your joy but it also comes very deep rooted in sense of like a lot of even my family sometimes tells me that oh you can't even do a filling or a root canal I'm like, thank God for that. I mean, do you want me to do it on you? I have not done it for the past 10 years, but you're more than welcome to be my, you know, lab rat. So everybody cannot be good at everything. But our family, our society expects us to be, like they would expect a dental surgeon to actually work. But that shouldn't be your expectation. This is not what you want from life. You wanted something else. You wanted, there's so many aspects. There's somebody doing medical education, you want dental education. That is... That, work, that is so broad or it's not major kame with dental education ka fill work to build up a whole uh, make a stage for the upcoming students so I think yeah so choose a way or choose what makes you happy travel make friends fall in love and you know get married if you want to no but just fall in love get the idea why not right <laughs>